This is a Crow's Nest podcast. Welcome back to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia, and this week I am joined by Sean from the Men Who Love Men Who Love Movies podcast. Hi, Sean. I'm waving, hey. which is great for a podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's men who like men who like movies. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, you're all good. You're all good. It's honestly. No, I, and that's okay. So, like, sometimes you sometimes you love a man, sometimes you don't. It's all good. Sometimes we just like him. Sometimes we just like, as someone who also does like men, I understand that concept. Sometimes we don't always love them. Sometimes they no. are merely likable. Yep. Say yeah. It's sometimes it's you just you have to make that the like, and sometimes it's even less. Listen, there's a distinction, and there is a distinction. That, you're not even wrong. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. I am excited to have you on because you not only are a big fan of the movie, you also have some interest in the in the ship itself and um, sort of the, I think the way you were describing it is like the social ramifications of such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. So uh, when I was a kid, I was a huge shipwreck fan. Like uh, Titanic was, so I was, this will age me, but I was six when the movie came out. So my parents bought it on VHS in probably like 99 when I saw was when I first saw it. And I remember seeing it and just being like addicted to shipwrecks. Like, so as a kid and like, not to toot my own horn, but I was, you know, like former gifted kid, you know, where I have like, I was reading at a college level by the time I was in like four kind of thing whatever doesn't matter anything but like i was had a huge interest in shipwrecks because i was reading one of my mom's like reader's digest books and it was nice. uh about the andrea doria it was like a story oh, about cool. the andrea doria and it was it was really cool and i ended up getting me involved and then titanic came out and i was like oh we're totally watching this there's a ship sinking and i remember watching the whole thing and i was like well that was really long but it was really cool <laughs> <laughs> it is but, long, it, but it is cool yeah, so it got me really interested in it. And I remember I found a, um, I don't know, did you ever have Scholastic book, the book fairs? When we you're in- did. I, yeah. I, I went to a Catholic school, so I think they were a little bit smaller than some of the ones that happened at the public schools, just based on like photos I've seen, but we did have mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah. So we had, so I, that were like my favorite days of school ever. But I, um, I bought a book that, it didn't really give me any new information, but it came with like a Titanic model that actually sank. <laughs> like it would break oh. in half and stuff. It was the coolest thing. And I wish I still had it, but yeah, That's I've had amazing. a, yeah, it was so cool. Um, but yeah, I've, I've had a huge interest in it over, over the years. And I really like seeing like what happened afterwards because you, right. in the movie you get, you know, like, Rose has this really full life and I, I love that for her, but like I want, wanted to know a little bit more about what happened after. Um, yeah. Which I think is congratulations really to cool. Rose and everything, but yeah, exactly. You know, she, she, she becomes an actress and uh, you know, Hooray. acts her face off and does all the things they were talking about. And uh, God, I'll cry though. If I think <laughs> about it too much, because I love this movie. Um, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 
I don't just like this movie. I love this movie. Right. Exactly. There's just, there's so little that you can't love about it. Like I, there's, I can't think of very many things of like why I would think this movie is bad. And like, I think a lot of people have problems with like the song mainly like, and that's what makes them have some sort of negative connotation for the movie. But like, it I was profoundly overplayed at the time. And even, even oh, I can remember gosh, that because yes. I was only like eight, eight when the movie came out. So I wasn't old, but mm-hmm. I, we would listen to, um, from the DC area, like 97.1, which was, a uh, like modern to kind of, ours was 97.1 wash FM. Yeah. I remember oh, that nice. jingle because it was so pronounced, but uh, yeah, I remember when the movie came out, that song would play on that channel a lot. Oh, at least once an hour, at least. At least. Yeah. And it was, I... and it was oh, during a time when they didn't really do the, like, replaying as much as they do now, so it definitely <laughs> oh, yeah. stood out. <laughs> yes. Oh, and uh, see, R97.1 was W-L-I-T, and I don't remember the jingle, nice. so that's probably made up. But uh, yeah, ours did the same thing, like, every hour. And now, when I hear it, I, so sometimes much. I just go, <sighs> but it's it's yeah. like a good, uh, and, no, I get I, but yeah, that was one of the things that I think people get, I think of Titanic in, in film, at least, is one of my favorite movie romances, but yeah yeah i uh one of the things i did want to talk about is i like do like one of the uh, sorry um i I, I, I mean i am you're see bruce almighty (laughs) yes oh my gosh i when he's just like that's where i'm at with that um but yeah so good Oh, so good. Um, too bad Evan Almighty was not. <laughs> but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I speak in fluent movie quotes, by the way. So if, if any pop up and you're like, I don't know what he's talking about, just ask. I promise I'll, I'll always answer. I, at least the ones I can remember where they come from. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> but yeah, the, um, I, the, some of the ramifications I like to think about are like the changes to maritime law um, mm-hmm. were like, there were so many things that changed after Titanic that I, I think are really fascinating. Like ship design changed a lot. Like bulkheads were made um, even higher. Like they used to go up about uh, 10 feet and now they go even higher than that to essentially curb this from ever happening again. If they were to crash into anything, Um, I was going to say the international convention for safety of life at sea or which is also known as SOLAS, um, which was a British American board of inquiry um, required that uh, there be enough lifeboats on board the ship for everyone with lifeboat drills. Right. And that was developed in 1914, but it wasn't fully adopted till 1974. And I, wow. I think, I just think that's cool. Yeah. So it took a long time, but I mean, I think it's a, a lot of it was still under practice. Um and I mean, uh, the Radio Act, one thing that I don't love about the movie itself is mm-hmm. the fact that it doesn't talk about the Californian, which I 90. Sorry, I forgot to write this one down, but I, I do remember there is a ship that was closer than the Carpathia. Um, I'm pretty it positive was the Californian. It was the Californian. Yeah. And yep, the yep. Californian couldn't have their radio off and was unable to come and help. And after that, the radio act of 1912 required all sea vehicles 
or sea vessels um, to have a 24 hour radio system and their operators had to be licensed. Yeah. Which I, I, I was just like, that's one thing I, I do wish they would have kept because they do keep the, the fireworks going off, which was how they mm-hmm. were trying to, to show the, the Carpathia like, Hey, we need help. We're not just, you know, shooting up fireworks on right. a random April. <laughs> and... I know that in the um, Cameron film, there is a deleted scene Mm-hmm. With the Californian and the wireless operator, I think his name is Cyril Evans. Um, and this takes place before the sinking, back when um, um, Jack Phillips and Harold Bride on the Titanic were still trying to just like send out first class messages, and they just had like a fucking million of them. So they were like, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, we gotta get out of these messages." So the scene was <laughs> basically like, yeah, exactly. So the scene was basically Phillips being like dude this guy from the california won't leave me alone i'm gonna tell him to shut up we're working kate brace and then it clips over to the Californian, where cyril's like can you believe it just trying to warn him about the ice he tells me to shut up (laughs) and then it just shows him like taking his headset off and turning off his machine and like going to bed but that was a film scene and it didn't make it which i kind of understand simply because with no other context that scene paints them in a terrible light instead mm-hmm. of understanding. It's like, he wasn't turning off his radio out of spite. He was turning off his radio. Cause it's like his shift had ended. He was trying to just be like, Hey man, last minute warning before I like go to bed. Right. Want to let you know this thing. And instead of being like, Hey man, thanks. He got basically fuck off you bastard. So he was like, <laughs> okay. And I'm just good night to you too. Then yeah so well and that's and i think without the context it would have just made him look like an ass no and you're absolutely right and that's one thing is that you just if there's no mention of it which i think <laughs> my dog has an opinion sorry my mom's in town and i think she just came home so no it's all good <laughs> what's yeah, your dog's name second. his name is Lado. mom i'm doing an interview you can let him out though I don't know why I sent Lado like Lado Atreides. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's funny is that the the follow up question to that is normally, uh, "Do you like Dune?" And my answer is uh, no, but I adopted him from a friend who does. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> I usually try and get where the reference comes from first, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll ask the if you actually like it, because <laughs> some people. I, look- I, yeah, that's got a very, very devoted fan base. Maybe not oh. as big as some of the other ones, but the people who are into it are like, mm. and they're also really militant about it. Like they're very much like, ooh, like sometimes they're a little too much. Um, my friends had um, a dog that they they never named him, but he was a chihuahua named Moose, and so it was like it was he was adorable. Loved that dog so much, but like they were just like every time you looked at him you're just like this name doesn't fit you <laughs> like he's like <laughs> the sweetest little cuddle bug like he, but he was moose he's he was moose mm-hmm. or mooska is what they used to call him mooska is um, pretty cute though yeah it was cute like that I, once they added mooska i was like all right all right that's yeah, that's yeah, cute. yeah. but like i'm far more moose. on board with that but they also that is my that was my nickname for my nephew. <laughs> so like, whenever they feel like moose, and I'm like, I know you're talking about the dog, right? <laughs> oh. At least I hope so. I don't think your nephew was apparated. Uh, I mean, you would it wouldn't surprise me that kid could get into anything. He's he's a, he's fun. Uh, yeah, he's but, pretty wild. 
oh, seriously though, I have I have six nephews and nieces and beeflings. Wow. And so I Lung, yes um i have a couple that are non-binary and so i know i, no, I love much, it like so i was like i don't know what to call you guys <laughs> and, and, and i need to propose and, that to people now yes and i was like okay that's kind of cute <laughs> it makes them sound like they're coming out of like lord of the rings and i, I like it <laughs> i was about to say it's like a variation on a tiefling mm-hmm just a little bit and i, I was like okay i'll, I'll use that I, do it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I dig it i love it <laughs> but yeah that was one scene i i do think is, is in titanic i wish they would have had a little bit more is the is the carpathia because i think it it does mm-hmm. like the ramifications of and i know for like story story time purposes it was just another thing that they didn't need like to have someone like like you said it's a deleted scene but i like the I, when I when you're watching a a film or a historical film, generally I like my facts to be mostly <laughs> correct. Oh sure, <laughs> and that's one of the things that eh, slightly drives me crazy about this movie. But um, the other one was the international. Another one is the International Ice Patrol was founded in 1914. Oh, yeah. After this, um, right. which alerts the shipping vessels to uh, alerts any vessels and shipping routes. In Europe, Canada, USA, um, of icebergs, and it's actually run by the U.S. Coast Guard now. Uh, but yeah, those were just and a couple of the things. Yeah, those were a couple of things that I I just I've always found fascinating about it. And I remember as a kid, I was just like, you know, you learn all these different stories of people. Like you, these people were real. Like are, you know, mm-hmm. Jack and Rose are fictional, but like the people around right. them are real um right like jay bruce's may his mm-hmm. you know his, his his downfall and fall from grace once he came back and ostracized and uh, one yeah. thing uh, i was gonna say the other thing that drives me a little bit crazy about the movie is the unsinkable molly brown story is the they just don't tell it correctly and i think yeah she's so yeah. fascinating but so not, too. and I'm like, oh, I love this movie. Here's what I don't like about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> now we can get into stuff I love. Like, I just love this movie. Like, it's it is a good one movie. of the greatest musical, greatest musical <laughs> movie romances. Titanic musical <laughs> would be fantastic. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> there is a stage. There is a Titanic stage musical that I have not seen. Mm-hmm. I was I gonna say, I know about, there's, but I know it exists. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say there's one now called Titanic, and it's like. Celine, yeah, Celine Dion thingy. Yeah, I'm like, I watched. I who are they on? Like, Craig Fallon or something? I, don't, I think I just mixed huh. up people. <laughs> Craig Fallon. Um, I don't remember who they were on, but like, um, but I was watching it. And I was like, whoa, well, I was gonna say whoever they got for Celine Dion is pitch perfect. Like, per wow. like they sound just like her <laughs> that's pretty impressive because finding anyone who's a dead ringer for a unique voice is very difficult seriously though seriously yeah yeah i can't imagine if someone was like hey go find um we're gonna make an ariana grande musical go find one and be like that's a little hard yeah oh uh they had a share one and they had like three shares from like different like periods of her life and i'm like you could find one to if you could find one i was i was impressed three Whew. That's cool. <laughs> yeah uh 
That is it is cool. pretty cool. I was going to say, that one I haven't seen yet, but I did listen to the mm-hmm. soundtrack, and it was a really good soundtrack. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know anything about... I know nothing about the Titanic musical or Titanic. I um, I don't have enough interest in either of them to kind of pursue them down, but if somebody happened to have a... Like, if they released a, DV, a recorded version that I could watch, or if, like, a friend had tickets and was like, I know you like Titanic, so I figured we could go to this thing together, <laughs> I would obviously go, but... I was going to say, I usually use YouTube. (laughs) There you go. I mean, I think way back yonder in the day, that's how I saw Wicked for the first time, is like some illegally uploaded recording of Wicked. Yep. Of the original cast. uh, Yes, I have one downloaded. Don't tell. But it's uh, that way, just in case it gets, when it got (laughs) taken off, I was like, I'm going to keep this. (laughs) So I downloaded it off of YouTube (laughs) to be able to keep it. And I own a hard so, copy of Titanic for that reason. It's like, cause when it's not on streaming anymore, I, I have it. It's fine. Yes, exactly. I mean, I, uh, I think my parents still have our VHS tape version of Titanic. I don't think any of us own a VHS player, but we still have it. <laughs> I was going to say, and I can tell you exactly when tape two starts because that's right mm-hmm. when uh, it's the slap. Yep. <laughs> when he slaps. It starts it. with, He's, stand, he's standing in the doorway with like his hand yes. in the door like this, like <laughs> glaring at like, her, like he just flipped his coattail over his hip. Yes, he's just chastising <laughs> just, her with his eyes. He's like, like whack. And I'm like with oh, his Billy Zane I, facial acting. Oh God, I love Billy Zane in this. Me I just too. love Billy Zane in general. Me too. I I love him in like this is gonna sound stupid, but I love the fact that he is so good humored that he comes into the movie Zoolander and lets Ben Stiller scream, "Put a cork in it, Zane!" directly in his face, and then run away. It's like I like you. (laughs) I just he's just hysterical, and he's just great in everything. Like he my. I really like him. He did this movie with Nicole Kidman and Sam Neill called Dead Calm, um, which is oh, also on a boat. <laughs> oh, it's really good. It's a small little thriller. He plays. Um, so Sam Neill and Nicole Kidman are a um, married couple whose child had, had sadly passed away um, in a mm-hmm. tragic accident. And so they are just sailing like he used to be like and it. It's an Australian. They're Australian, I believe in it. Like, so they're actual <laughs> where they're actually from and right. they uh, end up coming across like a, 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 like a sinking ship and he's on it and he ends up coming aboard uh-huh. and like everyone else on the boat was dead and he ends up leaving her husband there and like basically just like kidnapping her. And so like the husband's trying to stay alive. She's trying to figure it out. And it's like a really good cat and mouse game, but it's like, I remember watching that on TV when I was a kid. And then uh, Demon Knight is my other Billy Zane. <laughs> like these three are my Billy Zane trifecta. <laughs> Demon nice. Knight from Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just so good in everything he does. He he's he, he gives it his all. Oh, he really does. I just, he's just such, he's so cool. He just seems cool. Like he seemed like he'd be fun to hang out with. Like, yeah, he's just a cool dude. <laughs> I agree. Um, do you? Uh, so, I was going to ask. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, where was my question? Mm. Did Billy Zane steal it? 
it might have been stolen. Oh, well. Yeah, it must be a lie. It must have been a lie. I didn't even write him. (laughs) If I didn't write it, it must have been a lie. (laughs) Whatever. I was going to say, so when when did you see... I know you... I listened to a couple episodes, so I know you said you saw Titanic uh, early. Um, I did. So what... uh, Do you... I have a question for you. At the end, do you think Rose is dead? Yes. Okay, good. So do I. <laughs> Anyone who yeah, says differently, I, I'm like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> it would be, it's like, because if I entertain the idea that she is just sleeping, it's like, that is way too poetic of a dream. Mm-hmm. Like, it is just so nicely wrapped up in a bow. So pretty. It's a literal dream come true. Right. To where it's like, if that is simply a dream and then she just wakes up, and it kind of undermines the impact, I think. Right. No, and I agree with Is you. I, no, okay. it doesn't. I th- I think you're absolutely right. I think mm-hmm. I, a lot of my fr- I have had a couple friends, and they're all like, "Oh, she's sleeping," and I'm like, "Her eyes are still moving." I'm like, "No, she's 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 dying. She's not either dying or dead. Like maybe her eyes are still moving a little bit, but they're like it emphasizes the poetic like the poetic nature of the story too, because like she's back to the spot where basically her life began, and I I just love that this movie is like. I- like very feminist in in like the character of rose and like allowing her to go back and have this big her her like whole life and then like she goes back to the spot where you know her life kind of began and i i just mm-hmm. love that but i've i've always i it's one of the questions i ask whenever i watch this with people i'm like do you think she's dead or is she not dead and I get it's usually about 75% dead <laughs> and i was going to say like I didn't, it didn't even seem like a question to me the first time I saw it. Even though I was a kid, it was like, ah, she died. <laughs> like, yeah. It didn't seem open-ended to me. It wasn't until I grew up that I realized it was open-ended for some people. And it was like a surprise. Yeah. And well, I just, I, I was like, I, I couldn't see that story ending any other way. Like I, it was perfect. Yeah. Like she's, she's back to the spot, like where basically her life began, like where he saved her. And then like, she's. like she's she she goes like i it's just such a poetic bringing your whole story around (laughs) sorry i was trying to eat a cookie which is a good thing to do when you're in the middle of recording a thing oh you're good (laughs) but i was like i have to hurry up and eat dinner before this (laughs) oh my god i did that too but i had a friend who was coming to pick something up for me too and they're running a little bit late so it's kind of like ah. (laughs) <laughs> kind of sitting there waiting for them to show up but what i was gonna say is i think especially like i think some other people discuss it too and i feel similarly in that it's a little sad that her husband and like other and her children don't get a mention like outside of oh yeah they existed and here's my granddaughter as a plot device but outside of that it's a little bit not depressing but it's kind of like that's kind of sad that they they don't seem to have made any impact on her at all other than to have fulfilled this wish that jack had for her which is a little weird but um i do like that she was able to go back to as you say the place where you know she decided to leave the life they decided for her and find the one she wanted Mm -hmm. and uh, honestly i like to believe like 
if there is such a thing as an afterlife and I'm, you know, still undecided. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like to think that there's a part of you that goes to each one of your favorite spot, like favorite moments. So like 17 Mm -hmm. year old Rose is back on the Titanic, but 30 year old Rose is, you know, watching her, however many children with her husband and they're laughing in the living room kind of thing. Like, you don't have to stick to just one moment or, or like there's different parts because you're different. You're I'm a different person than who I was yesterday. Everyone's different as they grow. And I like to think that every single, like all all the different ones get like a happy moment, which is incredibly. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm an optimistic realist. Like I know things aren't probably going to work out for the best, but I can still hope for it. (laughs) Oh, I like that because I'm a pessimistic realist. Ah, gotcha. So you you're like you know it's gonna not work out for the best, but and it's not gonna work out for the best. <laughs> well, basically, but it's nice to have optimists around because when things do go well, they can you know be like, "See, I told you." I'm just like, begrudging acceptance. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, only this time, this time. <laughs> I I don't like being right though. Do you know what I mean? Because it usually yeah. means that something's gone horribly fucking awry. It's like, no, I don't like being right. Being right means that I'm right. I don't <laughs> like. Right. Nobody wants me to be right. That's not a good thing. I should be wrong all of the time. I should be wrong a hundred percent of the time. I'm not. That sucks. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say uh, that's sadly that is just unfortunately life for and it just stinks because i I get where you're coming from and i wish like and that's why i'm an optimistic realist is like i like i I like to look on the bright side of things but like is it going to work out that way probably not like (laughs) like but i can still hope for it which i think is kind of nice considering you know kind of like a movie like this where you're just like well i mean chances are they both could have died but i mean like they didn't <laughs> whenever whenever they're whenever they're approaching the iceberg and you know it cuts close to uh, murdoch's face and he's going turn turn no matter how many times i've seen this movie i'm like but what if they made it this time right but what if it doesn't hit this time though uh, i do that all the time every time i'm like uh... Like if the Mandela effect is going to change anything, it's going to need to change it now. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I like, and I do that with a lot of movies where I'm just like, my fi- okay. So my biggest one, and this is this will be super dumb, but like I know what you did last mm-hmm. summer, like Sarah Michelle Geller, yeah. like mm-hmm. that one. I'm always like, maybe this time she'll make it. <laughs> she never does, <laughs> but right. but yeah, every it. time. Same with Titanic, though. It's you're just like, well, I guess that movie wouldn't be. A, I mean, it probably wouldn't be as uh as big of a hit as it was, but <laughs> it still yeah. would have been a beautiful love story. It would but, have been, but yeah, it loses a lot of its impact if that. If like, I think I've talked about it a few times on the show too, where it's you know, I don't even think we'd talk about Titanic if it, like Olympic, had just had a normal career and then been scrapped in the war. Right. Well, and. It, sadly in this one it's funny because this one is like there are so many other shipwrecks that like had big stories and stuff like that yeah but like this is the one you always think of and i think of and the movie i think is the one that like really solidified it because there's there there are many more like there was one i i was doing some research on like famous sunken ships or it's Mm -hmm. famous shipwrecks and there's one of them um that i had never heard of called the wilhelm ghostloff and that was sunk in 1945 and it Mm -hmm. is the 
deadliest like like that it, it took the most amount of people like 9343 people were killed in it like sunk by oh a soviet God. submarine and that's literally that's eight times what you know what titanic yeah. how many people died in titanic and i think that's just like that's one i've never heard of and i know that like people don't like to dwell on them because i think it's a sure. it is people's lives and and it and then and their deaths and but I, find, I I have always found it fascinating, like, the ideas of, like, shipwrecks. Like, there's a inherent, like, adventure slash romanticism about them. But I think that mainly just my Titanic. <laughs> Titanic does that to me. No, I don't um, disagree. But I think also, too, even a more recent example, I, th- I brought this up on my last episode with Carson, um, is that I was talking to her about the Seawall Ferry a little mm-hmm. bit. It's a much more recent ship, um, you know, shipwreck. And it's also it was a much smaller shipwreck. But percentage wise, I did the math with her. And Titanic had a 68% death rate. The Seawall Ferry had a 60% death rate that's still real bloody high yeah Yeah. so i mean it wasn't as many people it was 300 to 1500 so again that's you know a fraction of the people but then you break it down to its percentages to where it's like okay yeah but there was only 500 people on that damn thing to begin with that's a vast majority and you know same thing with the titanic where it's like when you break it down to its percentages it was exceptionally deadly and it was horrifyingly tragic but And you're absolutely right. No. And well, and I mean, I feel like there's so many, like some of the, sometimes like uh, I feel like ship, like ship disasters are kind of pushed aside a little bit. Like they're not as like, because I know, I I know that like seafaring isn't as uh, prevalent as as it once was. I do feel like it everyone mm-hmm. once in a while when these happen they'll they're talked about for like ten minutes on the <laughs> on the news and then it's like, oh well, that was sad, yeah, you're right, and also i was I was talking to my mom this morning and I think I brought it up too. It's like the news itself is just full of abundant tragedy after abundant tragedy that it's almost hard to hang on to one because the minute you try to like deal with one, another one is happening. The example right. we, my, I brought up with my mother was that it's like, I don't know what shooting we're on this week. Like I have the last shooting I'm aware of, and this might make me sound like I'm being callous, but it's like, I'm, I'm not. The last one I'm aware of was the, the shooting in Colorado, but I'm fully aware that there's probably been three more since then that I just don't. I'm just unaware of because I haven't been tuned into it. No, but, but it's so hard to be tuned into it. I completely get it. Like I, I can't watch the news anymore. (laughs) Like, which I know Mm -hmm. is incredibly like, I'll read it like, and I'll read my news. Um, but like, I, I can't watch it because it's, I just don't need all of that negativity. Like, uh, like a, like a page on my phone, I could just put my phone down or, you know, yep. like feel it and then gone. But like news, they'll come back it to it later. Comes back and yeah, it, you're you're just like, oh, it's going to be a played again and again and again. So I just can't watch the news yeah. anymore. It's very hard to, for me to do it. It is hard to deal to deal with it, especially because, like I said, it just comes at you constantly all the time. And the fact that, and you know, we are still dealing with you know the COVID um, pandemic and the variants and we're also in the middle of flu season so you're constantly hearing about those things sprinkle that in with you know the recent midterm election nonsense and then you add in 
shootings and abductions, the murders. And it's like, what? Wow. I know I should be aware of these things, but I just like, I cannot balance that into my head. Yeah. And, and after a while, it just, it becomes too much. And you're just like, oh, yeah, like I need a break. And you'll just turn off your TV and not look at it for a while. Like I I have nothing but streaming. So like, luckily I, I, that's, I don't really watch the news because I don't really have it very much anymore, but it's so hard to watch like stuff like it's just disaster after disaster. It feels like sometimes. (laughs) It reminds me of the complaint I have about a lot of TV show seasons recently, which is that there's so much going on that you have no time to let anything breathe properly. And therefore you just kind of hop on to the next one because you never got a chance to unpack the last one. So it's like, well, I guess right. we're moving on now. Uh, and you're not even wrong on that one. Cause well, and it's weird because I feel like the, like it's so oversaturated, but it's also mm-hmm. like undersaturated when you're looking for like, the best ones like because everything takes so long to a produce and b it once it's out like then you want to do it all at once and then it's gone again <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. <sighs> like how many seasons how many years do you have to wait between seasons now like it's it's hard to Stupid. do and yeah and it's just it's an oversaturated market but it's also somehow it it's just not enough either <laughs> like but it's also it's too much it's it's a really fine line because I it's, I see where you're coming from because I yeah. can't I can't focus on more than one like more than a couple at a time and like it feels mm-hmm. like a lot of times everyone's competing so fast for all of it now. Well, it's it's not even that. What I mean is that you watch an, a season of a TV show and very often the timing is what I consider to be off. If you want an emotional moment to make an impact, you need to have people have chance to feel it. If a character mm. dies and you want people to feel sad about it, you can't just be like, and then we're going to the party. There has to be some sort of deal or ramification or scene explaining the impact. Otherwise, you're just on to the next thing. And I find that so often TV shows are doing that now where they want to introduce this plot and this setup and this character and this thing and this arc and that thing to where nothing ever has the chance to breathe because we're on to the next thing. You don't need gotcha. 87 plots in one season of a show. Like I bring up this example a lot in that I, um, I've seen the movie Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. And that movie has enough plot for a season of an animated show. So you never really get to get into anything where it's like, if you'd given that proper impact and actually gone over and really drawn out going into each of those territories and figuring out their culture and their land, going through the process of finding the pieces of um, what she's looking for, which I can't remember the name of right now, but, you know, actually exploring things, I think it would have been far more interesting, but instead it's like, and here is this land. We go in and we steal this thing and we are gone. It was like, well, it looked pretty cool back there. Right. Guess we don't get to see it. All right. Well, and one thing is, I think a lot of people's attention spans are a lot shorter than what they used to be. And I think like a lot of times you hear about things like, like they call it like the TikTok generation of stuff and it's like mm-hmm. oh everything needs to be told in like two minutes or less and i think that's it's it's so rough because you can you can't really get into a story like you can't tell very much of anything in two minutes like could you imagine if titanic was told in 90 minutes like <laughs> you're good yeah. you're gonna get nothing out of it <laughs> like you don't you're not gonna feel anything and so i, I absolutely agree true, with you there though. 
Yeah, like, you don't I think also so? Think that's that's well, I I mean, I think that's the approach that they're taking, but I think mm-hmm. that's giving a lot of discredit to the viewers because I think that most people would rather have a plot that breathes a little bit than constantly rushing through things because otherwise you don't get to bond with any moments or characters. Just like, well, I guess that happened and now it's over. Like I, um, I like, I I like animated shows and a couple, I just couldn't think of the examples because they came out recently. Like season four of the dragon prince came out and I, you know, that show for people who watch Mm -hmm. it, you know, we've been waiting for two, two, like two to three years for that season to come out. Right. And when it came out, it wasn't bad, but it was just kind of like, look at all the things that we're going to cover in the next coming season. Oh my God, all the plots on these characters. Look at these things. And wow. Now it's over. <laughs> it was like, uh, I got none of that. <laughs> okay. And the ending didn't even feel like an ending. It was one of those things where it's like, it just felt like someone got cut off in the middle of a conversation. It's like, and then we're going to the land. That's Oof. not exactly how it ended, but it was kind of like it, the pacing all felt off and it's not like they were all bad plots, but it's sort of like you needed to pick a few of those. Right. Maybe saved a few of those introductions for the next season. Because as of right now, you just rushed through this and that and this and that and this and that. And there's no chance to actually deal with it. And um, the last season of Ruby, which is another animated show, did it too. To where like, mm-hmm. but by the time you're at the last episode, you're like, oh, Penny just got straight murdered. All right, <laughs> just move, moving right along. You're like, no, I was like, are, are we going to talk about that? Or are we gonna... No, not at all. <laughs> like, we're also not going to talk about okay. the fact that it was a mercy kill by one of her friends. We're not going to discuss that either. We're just going to, all right, there's a void now. Cool. On we I go. Say, I yeah, and I completely get where you're coming from because it's kind of like yeah. um, kind of like Game of Thrones. Like, and I think that one, Game of Thrones, was like the biggest show of like the last like ten years in. Like I remember it was like everyone everywhere. was talking about it when it was on. It was all over the place. And like it was everywhere it, and everything all the time. Exactly. And it, it grew organically. And that's one of the mm-hmm. important things is like and I know this is because they had the books, but like the first like five seasons are so good because it everything grows organically. Every character choice feels like a character choice, but it's all grown. Like and right. then at the end it was very much like here look spectacle it's like yeah it's like yeah i've uh i don't get into it (laughs) as irish comedian dara o'brien said he goes uh it suddenly got quite shit yeah uh and it's not even wrong it's i could go into that for out we could we would would have to start another podcast um But I, I haven't yeah, seen it's... Game of Thrones, but I have her everyone. My mom is a bit was a big fan, is a big fan, but even she says like, yeah, that last it was just, yeah, it was trash. <laughs> it's just it's a man like you said with the the dragon parents, where it's just like here's everything we're gonna tie it up, everything all bow 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 bow, everything's done. This is not a character choice that they would have made before, but they're gonna make it now. <laughs> like the, and and you're just by the end of it, you're just like oh what a waste of time like yeah i every time like and i think about it and i just like i'm probably turning red because i get angry about it (laughs) because well and it was like it was like this show is just so good and like i hate Mm -hmm. i hate the fact that they rushed to the end so that they could Mm -hmm. go and do other things and like didn't yeah like that's a problem for me but yeah. no, that is frustrating. <laughs> there's there's say. an art there's an art to timing and to pacing and good storytelling really really relies on that and you know 
I under I completely understand having so many ideas and you're like, oh my God, I want to tell all these stories because I'm excited and this is going to be a really cool plot point and I cannot wait till they meet this character and they're going to go see this place, which is really neat and oh my God, I can't wait to share it with everybody. But mm-hmm. part of the art is finding out how to do that because otherwise you're just, you're tsunamiing people with so much info that they right. literally just look like they got smashed afterwards. So like, uh, okay, that was an experience. I got to go sit down now. All right. Yeah. And you I just... Mean, you don't breathe doesn't breathe no and you have to be able to breathe because like and like you said mm. it doesn't make an impact if you don't like yeah there are so many uh, like oh man i just like i said i'm gonna go back to game i'm gonna go back to game of thrones on that one but like that you just you uh, if you don't every time a character died generally like a major mm-hmm. character like you get reactions and it's from right. people like in the show, like they had, like it has real world ramifications for them, like in it. And yeah. that's not something you really get in a lot of shows. Like sometimes you'll just be all like, okay, well that it just whoop, swept under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, they're dead. <laughs> New character. Yeah. And then that's what I mean by like letting things breathe is that if things don't have an impact, it wouldn't make, it just wouldn't, work and like you said that's part of what makes titanic work really well is that it is it's a long movie it's a three-hour movie Mm -hmm. but it doesn't try to tell too many stories and i by contrast half saw the 1979 movie sos titanic um which is also um it has two versions it has the the tv version which is 90 minutes and it has the full version which is three hours Mm -hmm. and so you know it's the same runtime as the cameron film it had three hours to tell its story but it both introduced too many people and had too many awkward stares to where there was so many people and so many plot points going on, but then none of them really developed. So it all felt very hasty and the timing felt off. And so instead of characters organically getting to meet each other, there was just like 90 seconds of significant staring across the room. Right. It's like, there's no development in that. And, and, and you're absolutely right. It's the same thing as... Uh... The miniseries. Did you ever see the ninety six miniseries? I, I have not seen the one. That's the one with Catherine Zeta Jones in it, right? Yes. So, and it has, and that's exactly what happens. Is like, I mean, they tell like the best Alice, like the Allison story, like the family of the Allisons yeah, yeah, yeah. were. Um, and so, like that one's the cool only to see, first class like, child to die. Yeah, I was gonna say, and uh, so it's it's cool that they show it, but you also have like mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta Jones's character. You have Peter Gallagher. Yep. You are watching all these different people and it feels mm-hmm. like it juggles too much at too little. And they're too yeah. different. Like it doesn't always come together naturally. Like, and yeah. I, I had seen it when I was a kid and then I recently rewatched it. Like, Oh God, five years ago. I think it was on Tubi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I was like, and I was like, yeah, I love Tubi. And I was like, I I was like, man, like I remember loving this way more when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, fair. I was gonna say I um, have had that moment with things. Have you have you seen a night to remember? The no, the one I that's haven't. considered the I I, I I'll be I honest with you. It's been so long for me. Like I, so I couldn't tell you everything, but I know it's considered the most like Titanic realistic. But it's, it is. The one thing they don't have is the the ship breaking in half, but that's just because they didn't know that at the time. <laughs> yeah, there has 
that that is part of it in that there has been a discovery of new info in some cases mm-hmm. like because yeah the wreck itself was discovered in 85 so that was you know that, that meant that cameron's titanic had that info and like as you said they they didn't have it at the time so yeah i was, was working say, with a I... different set of, of facts <laughs> yes exactly and well and i mean they didn't I was gonna say in one of your episodes, you were like, they didn't really believe any of the any of the women and children. Yeah. It was like breaking, and I was like, <sighs> like, <laughs> of course we're not gonna believe the women on this one. This one sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly fair, not I mean, not to be one of the people who's like, well, it doesn't matter. It's like, it, no, they needed to be the truth. But on the other hand, it's like fifteen hundred people died, whether that thing wasn't one or two pieces. Right. So, like, I know that part of the reason, and the, and the <clears throat> was because White Star Line was like, well, if it also broke in half, it's going to make the rest of our sh- ships look flimsy. Weak. <laughs> yeah i was like i kind of get where you're coming from but on the other hand it's like most of your ships aren't gonna have most of its nose under the water like that's pretty extenuating circumstances there my friends right and then you have such a well pardon my friend fat ass of a ship like that that's mm. gonna be carrying it to break it right down i, I mean exactly <laughs> it was designed it was designed not to sink there and for when it started to it had lots of problems yeah, it did. It did not do well with any of that. <laughs> no, it's like me with minor inconveniences. Seriously, though, don't like. I, I'm probably I probably get it from my mom, but I'm slightly passive aggressive, and I'm tr- I'm working on it. It's a character flaw, but like a minor inconvenience will happen. Like I'll just be like, yeah, <laughs> and like minor inconvenience, and I'm just like, no, like this, why yep. does the universe hate me so freaking much? Like <laughs> every time, <laughs> it's I completely understand. It's like this is just unacceptable. <laughs> over something like i i don't know the i couldn't get the milk cap off on time oh i once i literally once just like took the milk cap off and it flew behind my refrigerator and i was like (sighs) what is the why like i'm it's still back there i don't even think i went and got it like i was just like i was too angry like so next time i clean out you live there now yeah, it's like you will stay there for. I'm pretty sure I just I literally took like aluminum foil and just covered it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've done that. Like I've made all like, and I think I I had like two pudding packets in like the my cabinet. I was like, we're gonna have pudding because we need to get rid of the milk now. <laughs> so I made what yeah, I could, I've and the rest that. was like cereal the next day. <laughs> yup. I think I've lost a milk cap before. I think in my case, it went like behind something that I, I would never be able to reach, like behind the oven. I was like, you don't remove an oven. That's good. That's going to yeah. get discovered when, when the oven dies and gets replaced. Uh, yeah. And it, it was like, I think I just got some plastic wrap. Like, yeah. There we go. <laughs> yep. Plastic like, wrap well, and a rubber band. That's going to be the way you do it. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, this is how we're dealing with this. And no one, I live alone. So no one gets to say anything about it. This, this, this yes. The good, the good uh, part. Isn't it nice <laughs> to live alone? Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, it is like the downside when I, I, I am I'm moving to um, Austin in with my family because I um, lost my job a few months ago. But it's kind of like, oh, my God, I'm going to be living with people for the first yeah. time in such a long time. I'm like, I don't think I remember how to do this, you guys. <laughs> I was going to say, just remember my door is locked and it stays that way unless it <laughs> knock first. <laughs> well, not only that, but it's just like, I'm not used to people coming up on me. So if you come up on me, I might just be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, I do. I don't I scare me like that. I all of all of my friends are like mo or most of my friends are married, and so like mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever we were doing anything, we always go to their houses. So I'm like, mm-hmm. whenever I come to my house, they come to my place. I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, like you need it. What are you doing? Like, I love it. Like, it's nice every once in a while, but like every so sometimes I'm just like, why are we not somewhere else? <laughs> my place is just so small that even when I have one guest over, it's kind of like this is too much. Right. Like we're bumping into each other because my apartment's like 500 to 550 square feet. Yeah, there is. I fa- I fall over a dog, and he's forty pounds. It's just like this is this is <laughs> this is like a stateroom on a boat, man. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. So all of like my apartment's pretty big, but the one thing that's mm-hmm. so small is the kitchen. It's like it's like mm. galley style, so it's like literally Sweet. it's big enough for like my shoulder. If I like hold my arms out like slightly, I touch both sides of it. Great. So I'm just like. All right, well, we're going to have to make this work. (laughs) That is so annoying. I I like to cook, but it's like one of those things where it's like, you need counter space, man. A good kitchen needs counter space. My old apartment was pretty good for it, but this one is just like, cooking is a nightmare in here. It's like, what? No space. (laughs) Uh, I know those feels. I made, uh, so I made mashed potatoes for our friends giving. And I was oh, like, nice. we always run out of potatoes. So I'm buying uh-huh. a ton. And then I bought too many because I bought six five pound bags and I wow. made five of them. Yeah. I, I was, I, I overestimated, <laughs> but That's a I ended Hobbit up size, oh, uh, potato yeah. feast. It was, it was a huge amount. Like I ate them for like, I brought them to work because I was like, <laughs> please eat these, get them out. <laughs> like everyone ate, like I made two giant trays like to bring with and then i had another one mm-hmm. that i was just going to bring to work and oh they ate like maybe three quarters of one tray and i was like oh no <laughs> luckily Swimming one of potatoes one of my employees had a bir- had a her birthday was that day, like that week so i was like <laughs> we're gonna have mashed potatoes i'll go buy like a rotisserie chicken like see look we got lunch <laughs> like oh you should have made a mashed potato like bar put out you know all those toppings and stuff then oh, like make yes. your own mash bowl that would have been so much fun i well now i now they're next gone time. but i'm gonna think about next that next time, time. <laughs> yeah if you next time you make um you make a shire size batch of um mash i was gonna say knowing my luck i'll probably forget and do it again next year how many did i buy next next year <laughs> I'll be all like, oh, how many bags did I buy last year? Six? Okay, I think that was a that, that should have been about right. <laughs> I have definitely done that. 15. <laughs> I have definitely done that. I don't remember what it was with, but it's like I have definitely done a thing where I made too much of whatever it was and then the next year is like, well, the recipe said blank, so we'll just go with that again, not fully ass remembering that last time I made it, I was like, I should have used 20%. <laughs> of whatever it was well, it's like guess we're making that mistake again and i think next time i hand wrote it on the recipe it was like reduce by 75 percent <laughs> i think i might have added uh, you moron in pen just to like <laughs> yell at myself <laughs> 
see i my biggest thing was i have a couple friends that just like can't stand condiments and like last year i made two different i made two different kinds of potatoes one was like Mm -hmm. you know just salt pepper butter and the other one was like garlic parmesan and like they're both pretty big hits but she was like oh the 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 salt and pepper ones were still a little bit too seasoned and i was like okay no problem so i made her like i made a special batch that was just like a little bit extra and or like just a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, a little bit of butter, or with with butter. And then the other one was a more seasoned, just <laughs> tasteful. <laughs> I, I, I cannot with the fact that someone was like, excuse me. <laughs> the salt and pepper that you put on my starch. Was a little bit too was much. an unhappy <laughs> amount for me. <laughs> Sorry, I'm half yeah. Indian, so that is a concept that whenever I hear oh. a story that it's like, "Excuse me, your bland food wasn't bland enough." I'm like, Susan, <laughs> do you experience joy in any capacity? I uh, I don't understand. I was gonna say she's awesome, but like, yeah, it's sometimes. I'm, I'm sorry, like, I'm making fun of make this. Dinner. I, this is no, you're good. I, uh, she, <laughs> I was gonna say she uh, like I love her, but when I go to her dinner, like sometimes I'll just like grab the salt and pepper before I even grab a plate because I'll feel like I know I'm gonna need those <laughs> I, <laughs> just a little oh bit. Susan, <laughs> I, I say otherwise. Luck. Yeah, I was gonna say she's. She seems to be doing okay, but <laughs> like I, I'm I'm very much a I'm going to season it until I taste everything. Mm-hmm. Like everybody has to taste it. Like I don't want, I don't like bland food. Like no, I love my mother, but I... my mom's a open a can of spaghetti sauce or a jar of spaghetti mm-hmm. sauce, pour it on created new on like cooked noodles and serve Mm-mm. kind of person. And I'm like, nope, Mm-mm. nope, nope. <laughs> no, I, so no, after I that. After that, when growing up, you're just like, no, no, thank you. I'll take no bland food. <laughs> Could you please season your unseasoned potato? <laughs> she, she did. She was like, they were a little. She was like, they were a little too much. I was like, okay, next year I'll, 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 I'll tone it down a little bit. So it was just salt, pepper, and butter. <laughs> um, I did bring chimes to that. I was like, I won't actually put I'm the doing. salt in it. I'll just show the salt bottle to the potatoes and introduce <laughs> yeah. each other. Oh no, <laughs> I, I, right. I, can't. I couldn't <laughs> in my. Re- in my heart of hearts, I would never allow that. Like, there had to be some amount of seasoning in there. And I, I wasn't going to add the pepper, but I did add a little bit. <laughs> I don't... I'm sorry, this is just... This is killing me. I, I also have a, a bash potato story, but this is from my childhood. Um, I grew up next to two... Um, next to a family and my um i have a younger brother and they had four kids and i fell perfectly in between the two boys age-wise mm-hmm. and my brother age-wise fell right in between their two girls so like as a lineup it's just six of us worked out pretty well <laughs> and you know we would play together and everything and i was over there once and was going to make instant mashed potatoes and i don't remember how we got on the discussion but i was preparing it the proper way where you like whisk the butter into the milk so it doesn't clump etc cetera, etc cetera. and the guys are like what are you doing i'm like you do it this way so it doesn't clump and they're like clump it's like the lumpy parts I'm like oh i normally like it when it gets all lumpy and i was just staring at them out of like abject horror I was like you got instant mashed potatoes wrong 
how do we do that? So I make them and I finally finished the literal instant mashed potatoes. And they were like absolutely blown away by how good it was because I simply did not curdle the milk first. <laughs> it's like, it's just, <laughs> like what yes. bar did I, this bar is so low. I tripped over it. What's happening? Oh my gosh. I had my mom over for dinner once and I was like, I'm going to make, I, I made just instant mashed potatoes. And I was like, it was instant mashed potatoes, but I always add like, when I'm doing my own, I'll add like Creole mm-hmm. seasoning to them because I like it a Ooh, little yeah. bit of the kick. And then I usually do, you know, salt, pepper, garlic powder, a little mm-hmm. bit of onion powder, stuff like that. I, I, I doctor them. Um, sure. And I remember she took a bite of it and she was just like, where did you buy these? And I was like, Aldi. Would, right. <laughs> I don't know. And she's like, these come from Aldi? <laughs> and I was like, well, those plus the spices. Like, what are you talking about, Bob? And she's like, this is really, really good. And I was like, I know. You can make these, too. Like, you right. have the technology. Like, you <laughs> just choose not to do it. <laughs> well, it's like, what was the joke? I don't remember who's, which comedian it was. Where it's like, we as the British, we robbed all the other countries for spices and then didn't use a single one. Yes. Like, yeah, that's what some of you people do, man. <laughs> it's so true, though. I'm like, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm just like, uh, I just have to shake my head over the the abject whiteness of my fam. <laughs> which I mean. was funny because I'm like the whitest dude. Like I'm a, I'm like, if you roll my pant legs up, like my legs glow in pools. Like I'm so white, but like I will season my food. Damn it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just so confusing to me when people like, could you just tone that down a little bit it's like marjorie this is a, this is a mayo sandwich <laughs> marjorie i love that one <laughs> i'm like I'm coming up with names of people i don't actually know <laughs> as you say i, I was gonna say i love susan but marjorie i think i'm gonna use that for now like marjorie <laughs> marjorie Stop. take your mayo sandwich and go please just done <laughs> there's people i encounter i'm like you would think a cucumber is too spicy and i i don't trust you because of that yeah i know or like oh jeez some people are be like oh there's too much pepper and stuff and i'm like too much pepper like pepper like pepper like you mean like the little one that they come like you you grind it yourself kind of pepper like how is that too much like unless you're eating like pepper chicken like i mean we're like how can there be too much? Uh, I just never get it. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm sensitive to salt. So I reach a point where I'm like, there's too much salt. Yes. I'll hit, agreed. and I hit that threshold much quicker than most people do. Cause I eat a typically low sodium diet, heart patient again. But I, it's like, again, I'm also aware like, that's a me thing. That's a me thing. And that's a me standard. So like, I'm fully aware that that makes me very different than other people. Cause I'm like, you know, you're not supposed to have seasoning in your food. Otherwise it's like, why otherwise Otherwise it's boring it's just boring (laughs) and then they will people go to restaurants and are like oh man this food is so good and i'm like i can make this at home you could make this at home you just have to put butter in it you just have to put stuff in it like it doesn't just come done (laughs) right it's little tricks like in restaurants they when the recipe says add water to a soup they probably put either veggie or chicken stock in there Mm-hmm. It's those little tiny things where it's like, once again, you can do this at home. You just need to do yeah. your research. I did this. Uh, this isn't... One, uh, <laughs> not to bring up my mom around, but like my mom was over <laughs> one time and I made rice and I usually buy like um, 
beef or vegetable uh, beef or chicken stock and then i cook right. it in it or in broth yeah, yeah. sometimes whatever i have and so That's basically risotto without the cheese yeah exactly so and my mom ate like i don't even remember what i made i think i made tacos and she's mm-hmm. like oh wow what did you do to this rice and i was like i cooked it in like beef stock and i added salt pepper mm-hmm. and like creole because Whatever. apparently that's what i had to everything now <laughs> but but it worked she's like this is so good and i was like i keep telling you mom like you can cook good food <laughs> you just have to Super be brave easy. enough to do it <laughs> yep. it's that thing it's like it was like we don't live in titanic era anymore where if you no. wanted to have spices you had to work in a restaurant because they were so expensive that only like certain big houses and certain restaurants and fancy places could have them. It's like, no, no, no. We can have cumin in our house. Yes. It's here. Cardamom is, is, it's in my Thank kitchen. You. I don't yeah. have cardamom in mine, but I should. I don't use but, it very that's often. An example. <laughs> I don't either, but you know, we don't, it's not that like food is not inaccessible in the same way that it used to be. It's like, we right. can, we can have those things now. Chicken stock, we don't have to actually boil our own chicken for it. We can go to the grocery store. <laughs> right. Uh, thankfully, like, I, I don't... Every once in a while, I'll buy a rotisserie chicken. I'm like, that's going to be a good chicken stock. But, you know, I don't want to do that every time. <laughs> I, I've i never done... Uh, no. <laughs> this seems like a hassle. <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, it seems like a lot of work. And I'm lazy. Yeah, I was gonna say the best part about it is an instant pot. If you have an instant pot, you're much better. I have a slow cooker. Then you don't have and to. I don't have the space for both. Ah, gotcha. I was gonna say instant pots do slow cook. So if your slow cooker ever breaks, you can do both mm, with an instant that'd pot. Be good at upgrade. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Well, I uh, I don't want to keep you super long or anything, but I know that you had points on your beforehand. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up or ask before? Oh, um, I I had one one other thing I wanted to bring up, um, which was something I learned about when I was doing my research to come and talk to you a little bit. I didn't want to be, Uh I don't like to, but I learned that actually uh, Titanic actually had provided more lifeboat accommodations than were legally acquired like at the time. Yeah. And that was something I was like, whoa, (laughs) like you think it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it. I remember when I learned that too, and it was just like, I, again, it's like it is bananas to harken back to a time when there wasn't twenty four seven communication, and when there wasn't a seat in a lifeboat for every ass on the ship. Yeah, because at the time the concept was we don't it does it's not supposed to actually save your life. It's just supposed to be a little fairy device. It's like okay, noble concept, but needs better what execution the, yeah what, but also what if that distance is longer than you think it is shouldn't you have... yeah but it's like they didn't think of it that way and they're like well we only need to have this many it's like no 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 yeah i was gonna say well and i one thing i i did read was like the mm-hmm. regulations for how many like lifeboats they were supposed to have weren't changed since like 1864 before titanic mm-hmm. like which or 1894 i'm sorry um and which didn't the passenger ships weren't as big then which were thirteen thousand was the biggest one back then and then titanic was 46 (laughs) thousand tons so like a huge big jump there 
like almost three and a half times as big it would it would be like if we were using like i think i don't remember i saw an advertisement for like the newest i don't remember i think it was carnival the newest whatever carnival ship and it is like fucking massive is the only way i can describe it it is the biggest passenger capacity it was like seven thousand people or some sickening amount of people but Mm -hmm. imagine if that ship were being held to cruise ship regulations from the 1960s right it just wouldn't work well sometimes they are a little bit sometimes they need they need to upgrade some stuff (laughs) but specifically lifeboat capacity it would be like well they only need enough for that many it's like seven thousand people you need to have room for seven thousand butts in a boat right yes we know that now yeah it's it's always hindsight is 2020 isn't it yeah it's unfortunate that a lot of these things weren't things that were figured out, but like like I was discussing with Carson too, it's you know, every every policy ever written was written in somebody's blood. Right. And it's just super sad that it has to come about that way. Cause again, you know, fifteen hundred people died in the Titanic in order for us to upgrade our lifeboat capacities. You know, three hundred people died on the seawall ferry in order for us to, you know, uncover the corruption in South Korean ferry loading. It is so sad that in order to find out that we have failed, we have to sacrifice people. And in both of those cases I mentioned, many of them were children. Yeah. And it's just like, that's not how we should be learning our lessons. And, you know, I, I know that sounds a bit like preachy to the choir where it's like, wow, we should stop killing people. But like, <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. Like it, it, it's, it, it kind of gives you to the, gives you that how many people have to die for us to learn something and it's exactly and it's unfortunately it's more than what me most people are more than what most people i think would be willing to give but we end up doing it anyway yeah (sighs) at the end of the day these these are unfortunately the takeaways because you know it's, it's fun to talk about the movie and the ship but at the end of the day it's it was a horrible thing that happened and the reason we still talk about it is because there's still lessons to learn right always a fun and, time yeah i was gonna say movies fun time uh, for yeah. most of it <laughs> not the real for thing. most i saw a tiktok i don't have tiktok but every once in a while i like boot it up and it was i think it was someone probably in our age bracket it was like my sisters who are you know 15 or 6 and her best friend watching titanic for the first time just watching them go through this bananas roller coaster of emotion because at first they're like this is fun they're like well he's being rude and then they're and then the ship starts singing and they are bawling in like uncontrollably and then the ending comes and they're just like (laughs) i cry every time i watch this like and it's like there's i remember specifically the moment that got me when i was a kid and it was mm-hmm. when the lifeboat goes back after they're they've been in the water and then they're shining the light around and it's the mm-hmm. the mother holding the baby yeah and that one i bawled like i was crying i'm like nine years old and i am sobbing my eyes out just watching this movie and like uh i just remember just being so devastated and so that's what i think like that's one of the moments i'm like oh every time i watch titanic i'm like i know i'm gonna be cry like usually 
my so Titanic is usually an annual viewing for me and my friends. Um, nice. But we do a uh, cuddle puddle, which is we'll go to oh, one of their houses oh. and then we'll all just like usually it's my best friend and her wife's house. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go and we'll just lay on the bed like they have a projector. They'll put it on the projector. We'll get like snacks and then watch and cry. <laughs> that sounds good to me. It is. It's it's one of my favorite traditions. <laughs> I need to find somebody to do that with. Ugh, it's it's <laughs> worth it. Trust me. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That challenge accepted. <laughs> awesome. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to me about lots of things and most mostly seasonings. <laughs> Yes, I was going to say <laughs> the seasonings are important. That's what we have to make sure. <laughs> this is seasoning our biggest takeaway. Seasoning yeah, is uh, important. <laughs> let it season it well and let it breathe. Yes. <laughs> you can say that about a lot of things. Yeah. Agreed. Even TV. I agree. <laughs> oh my god, I agree. <sighs> Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Out. It was. This was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> i want to thank sean again for coming on the show um if you guys want to get in touch with sean which you totally totally should you should listen to his amazing podcast which he runs with his co-host clayton that is the men who like men who like movies podcast um and you can find them on instagram at triple m pod so that's t-r-i-p-l-e-m-m-m pod you can also find them on facebook on men who like men who like movies and twitter at triple m pod again triple m m m pod and you can find sean um his personal account at twitter.com slash s murph 013 that is s m u r p h 013 on twitter thank you again sean so much for coming on thank you to everyone for listening and i will see you in the next one bye titanic talk line was created and produced by me alexia Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word, Titanic Talkline, T-I-T-A-N-I-C-T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at TitanicTalkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's TitanicTalkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!